This is the I Am Redemption podcast. Today I have a very special guest with me I would like to introduce, Ms. Shaylin Cofield. Uh, Shaylin is a very, very good friend of mine. We've gotten to know each other over the past couple years and uh, I think we've grown a lot together and uh, just knowing uh, usually stories like hers, you only kind of hear within the circles of the recovery community or people who have dealt with drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. I often wonder how she didn't end up down that route, but thank God she didn't. <laughs> but uh, she's got a, a wild and crazy story and she's a stronger person sitting here today for it. So I would like to introduce my very good friend, Shaylin. You want thank to, uh, you. of course. So nice. um, you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Oh, so I just turned 31 uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, let's see. I was born in Houston, raised a little bit in California, and then moved to East Texas, a little place called Huntsville, uh, Prison City. I was there for a very long time, but it was not locked up. So I've been there. Um, yeah. I was locked yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> Different times, but, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, so I went to college there and stayed a little bit longer and moved to Austin. That's where we met you. And then now we're hanging out in Houston. So right. that's a general fresh gist. So here we are today. Yeah. So where would you say, you know, the, all the places you bounced around to, where would you say your kind of journey journey began and you, uh, you know, what city were you at and where did you kind of far, first start seeing, you know, struggles within life or stuff like that? Well, probably since I had awareness, <laughs> right? Uh, my background. So I was born to, my mom had me when she was 15. Um, and beyond that, my grandma was on drugs, uh, was raised with my two uncles. My mom had left in a period of time. So that was when we were at Houston. I was obviously like little, little, so I couldn't really remember um, the deeds of that, but we were definitely um, in the hood, if you will. Mm. So I remember hearing stories about like the whole roach infested like apartment and that kind of thing, but you know, I'm chilling. So, but when we moved to Huntsville, I think that's kind of when I had the awareness of like, oh, this is, things aren't adding up per se. So I put together some instances um, for my time in California. And I was like, okay, I think things are a little bit different than what I thought. Um, if you don't, if you don't mind me asking, can you like elaborate? Yeah, a I was going to say, on? I can give you some deets on that. Yeah. So I remember there's a story I always tell when I kind of realized a couple stories when I realized like, uh, my grandma was, you know, drinking. I didn't really know about the drugs till later. Um, but I remember I had a room that I slept in upstairs. Well, I didn't like to because I was afraid. So I just slept in my grandma's room or on the couch. And I remember she brought a friend over and they like holed up in the room for three days. And so I had all my toys and stuff in there. Um, but so I didn't have access to anything. And it was just really confusing because I was just kind of left to roam around. Mm -hmm. I was maybe like seven or so. Um, so I was just chilling, doing my thing. And then all of a sudden she came out and then it was fine. I was like, okay. So then I went upstairs and I uh, there was like a bucket where they had been like using the restroom in because they hadn't left the room. So at that time, I didn't really know what that meant. I was just like, okay, this is sketchy because this was also like a precursor to um, a few weeks later, my grandma, we were like, my favorite pastime is dancing and like listening to music, all that stuff. So we were hanging out and she was like, hey, I just want to tell you something. Like I, I drink sometimes. And I was like, okay, I don't do you're an adult i guess that's what you do i don't know why you're you know telling me so mm -hmm. um and then i started to see what that exactly meant so when we moved to huntsville um my mom was trying to get back into my life um we never really she was pretty consistent as far as like calling um things like that but there was never really a relationship there 
Um, One second. So when when they were held up in the room, that was your mother, right? That was my grandma. Oh, that was your yeah, grandma? Yeah, so I was raised with my grandma. So my mom, when she had me... Um, were, were they get Obviously, they're getting high in there. Yeah, so this is, yeah I was going to say, that's kind of like the... I knew something was weird, but right. later on, once I uh, actually start seeing the pieces get put together, I was like, oh, she was in the room with this strange man doing drugs. Right. Cool. You know, so I was like... Uh, but that was not till years later, actually. And this is at an early age, right? Yeah, yeah. So I want to say I was pretty, like, self-aware. Mm. Um, that's, like, the response with her being, like, I'm drinking. And, like, I understand that's a thing that adults do. So cool. Like, yeah. you know, I didn't have a response to that. Um, and then I started to see what that manifested, which was just just bonkers. Craziness. Just craziness. Right. Yeah. So I remember there was a time, um, and the, like, the story, there's so many, but I can think of one solid one um so my mom tried to like start being president she actually ended up moving to huntsville um and this was actually <laughs> i'm just laughing because the rabbit holes are everywhere this was after she had divorced um from her husband and this was after an incident where they were fighting each other on the highway in the car as they were driving okay so cool safe yeah i know i was like i'm surprised it actually like worked out but anyway so obviously i've, I've never <laughs> done i've never done anything like that no, no. wow i'm I mean, surprised no, I'm i probably ahead. have i don't know it's but. fine it's fine uh, but she was she turned i mean she did turn out okay but she was safe i guess right so anyway that kind of prompted her to try to move and be like mom and all that good stuff so it was my mom my two uncles and my grandma we were all living in the house together copacetic for a little bit and then <laughs> Things start hitting the fan. So um, I remember, I don't know what sparked this, but my grandma had been drinking all day. Um, and I, I want to say her and my mom just like started throwing hands. I don't know <laughs> what prompted said fight. Um, and I was like 11 or 12. And I was like, okay, this is really scary. And there was knives and like nobody was actually injured, but it was just a lot of just, I mean, utter chaos. And um, Grandma's throwing hands though? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. She, yeah. That was the thing. I don't know if it was a lick of courage or, like, what was that about? But she was definitely about it. Um, yeah, so that was, like, the big blowout of I can't do this. Um, Time to get out of here. Yeah, so, which was even, to put it in context, my mom and I's relationship, um, she was super abusive. Like, I, I think when I was, like, four or so, I attempted to go live with her in Colorado. That's where she moved from. And... There was not a, I don't remember what I did or what I said, but I just remember her like just beating the holy crap out of me for, and I don't, I don't even know what prompted it. So that even sparked more of like, what is this? Right. You know, there was no, hey, we don't do this or she was just mad. And, you know, as an adult now, I can understand like where all that comes from. Cause mm -hmm. if she, if my grandma was her mom, yeah. I would be. You know, like, yeah. what do you expect? But anyway, still not okay. So fast forward. So I decided to go ahead and live with my mom, which that sparked a whole nother series of just all the um, traumas and things like that. So when I was with my grandma, I did, um, she would, it started getting weird. I don't know if her, like, alcoholism got worse or she started doing drugs again because she also had her prescription medications. But some, there was a point in time where like the cocktail was I guess really strong I don't really know um and she would like occasionally like try to like whoop me and discipline me but she's not coherent right. so it was just this really odd like drunken like 
punches Tom aren't, do punches aren't landing. And I'm like, what? And it's just confusing because I can't just be like, can I go like right. play or like, yeah. <laughs> I got other stuff I could do. This is awkward because right. not just sparks another like, I'm your grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know, but you know, kind of in black culture, you know, there's grandma's words. So yeah. even if it's not, you know, you just kind of take it, which. <laughs> yeah. That sparked other things in life down the road, you know. So right. anyway, yeah. growing um, growing up, I didn't I didn't ever belong in the hood. Yeah, but I would interject myself into it. Yeah, so all the people I was hanging out with and stuff like that. So I got an education on that side. That's why I was like, I can talk to you about than, it because you know. Right. I was like, I remember when I met you. I was like, I oh, get yeah. it. I remember the got first time. I remember the first time I got introduced to soul food. Oh yeah. I went to like a house what? house cookout, and I was. I'm. You got to. <laughs> I'm only growing up in my mom's like dry chicken and mashed potatoes and stuff. Now like you're that. in it. And I was like, what is all this? Now oh, you're in it. Yeah, right. you can come to the cookout. Right. Say yeah, for sure. That's so funny. Um, but so I started. I moved in with my mom, and that just again like sparked a series of just wild. Um, there was we lived with my uncle for a little bit because he was still in Huntsville, and then we finally got our own place, and even so where we were living this little shack of a apartment it was like the weirdest place it was like wood walls i don't know how old this place was it was odd so that was fine i was like well we have a roof overhead but then there was stuff like i remember my closet at one point got a leak i don't know how it was leaking and then it was completely like molded mm-hmm. and then like it was like electrical sparking because the light it was weird so and it was just like okay take your clothes out and close the door and it's fine <laughs> i was like okay it's cool fine. so just to put it in context where we were it's like i got i remember um that place is gross too because i remember like sleeping i woke up getting bit by a roach on my face and it's like who what is this right. anyway um so with that um i like again my mom was just angry like always angry and i remember there was a time um you know she's just really like beating me down with words like she would tell me stuff like it was odd because she would be really real with me like about relationships and stuff like that like you know don't take care of yourself be mindful but then she would also like you know I remember she would tell me stuff like man nobody's gonna ever want to be with you like you're so dirty like you don't clean up after yourself like you know you're so emotional just like constantly (laughs) which for me is hard because I'm like this is you know just who I am it'd be that I'd be sitting down like actually okay and it's like what's wrong with you why do you have an attitude and I'm like I'm I'm good right but now I'm gonna be upset because we're about to go through this whole thing and it'd be uh, I remember I would I think I was maybe 14 or 15 at this time and I don't know if it was just like lifestyle I don't know exactly what it was but I mean obviously a part of it was my mom but um I remember like I was in my room just like bawling and I ended up slipping her a note and was like I feel like I want to die and this is weird like how do I what is this and so I feel like normal parent response to be like oh let's figure this out and talk about it it was just like you're emotional your hormones are jacked um shut up <laughs> and I was like oh cool yeah not an answer yeah not, I, a, <laughs> not a good answer to get no fed. I laugh a lot uh to that's how I'm asking. No, me too. <laughs> that's me too. Okay. That's, that's why. That's why we get along. We all have yeah. dark senses. We cry know. and laugh all at the same time. But um, yeah, it was bonkers. Yeah, I, I didn't. And how do I even respond to that besides like feeling ten times worse? So right. Uh, I've I've come to you know a lot of the people that I work with, especially within drug and alcohol stuff like that. You you realize that 
oftentimes I can't fault people for their behaviors as adults because like I understand they're just big kids yeah and it's like how you were raised and stuff like that so like having that instability and that constant yeah just flex of you know good bad or you know and a thousand percent yeah it, it's got to be difficult I'm I mean I'm surprised you are who you are sitting here you, today look you and me both <laughs> I feel like I'm crushing it to be you honest but um that was just like the start of a weird you know I was um my big thing growing up was like band and music, but that was like my like, that's where I went to. So all, I was always listening to music, all the good things. Um, but so that that was just kind of a constant. Um, there wasn't a lot of physical abuse, but I definitely, you know, there was. Mental, emotional. Oh, yeah. So um, it was just all kind of in one and didn't really make sense. So I was just ready to go as soon as I could. And it was odd, too, because, you know, I mentioned like the context, like where we were living. So we were we were poor. I forgot to mention that part. So that's always a nice stressor for everybody. Mm. Um, and I remember like begging to get a job. And that's why I said there's these odd things of like, I'm like not being good to you, but I'm going to instill some good things. And I remember mom saying like, no, I want you to focus on school and do that. And I'm like, okay, cool. But now I have to still listen to like, I can't do all the things mm. and I'm willing to work. And it wasn't like, a oh, I don't want to, you know, help, but. Anyway, so um, I had plans. We can kind of fast forward to high school or like in high school. I had plans to go to college like away away because I was like, I'm done with this. I got to get out of here. Right. Um, and then somehow, even in all this, and I think it's that always that push pull of like you get like loving mom and then you get the abuse, which that's, you know, manipulation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she convinced me to stay and she's like, hey, go to St. Houston because it's in Huntsville. And I'll help you out. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, maybe we're going to start doing this thing that actually works out great. Because the idea of moving, I was actually going to go to Texas State. Um, I had Texas State and then A&M was secondary. Um, but <laughs> it's like, don't tell anybody. Um, and she convinced me to stay. And I was like, cool. And then my first semester, she moved to Dallas. And no. I was like, what? So, so yeah. Yeah, it was awful um especially because even that time when she's like yeah i'll help you out i remember asking her like hey can you take me to the grocery store and she's like i don't have time for all this like figure it out and i'm like all right i thought like you know i'm not asking you to buy me groceries like i have the money yeah let me go do my thing yeah um so that was also a headache so it's kind of i mean more than anything maybe a blessing in disguise because i got to kind of separate myself from her and all of the headache and like you know and actually process and try to make sense of you know um, like I did mention my dad because he was not around so it was that kind of which thankfully I wouldn't say I never had daddy issues per se I think just collectively I had I was confused of how are these people that are supposed to care about me and love me like just not here mm -hmm. it just doesn't add up um, so it's just confusing so um, but again like we said later understanding you know how people deal with it I mean I can only imagine so it took me a long time to get to the point of I get it I mean it's not okay right. um and I'm not a, not afraid to share that at all but um yeah so most most of the most of my favorite people have all had pretty pretty messed up childhoods and you know I my dad left when I was two it was a single mother you know trying to raise me as she's going to school a lot of babysitters you know a lot of this a lot of that and, you know, I 
it's, this is just my personal view, but I, I think there's so many people I meet that their mom and dad never let them, never let them suffer at all, and mm -hmm. they bailed them out of everything, and they were there for everything, and and while that that can be good, I guess, but yeah. all the people that I know that are close to me that have character that I would say are above above board because they had to suffer as a kid. They didn't get the things they didn't want to do. It makes them that much more hardworking. They yeah. understand what they need to do to get where they want to be and stuff like that. And so, yeah. you know, it's it sucks when you're going through it or when, you know, when I'm going through it. But, <laughs> you know, I think we both understand that we're better people for it today. Yeah, absolutely. I think some something clicked I probably once I hit 30. May, I don't want to put a real milestone on it, but something just clicked of like that exact thing. And I started to kind of realize, um, I don't know, like exactly that. What if I never went through any of these things? Like what kind of person would I be? Right. And that that's a cool shoulda, woulda, coulda. But I know for a fact, like having to, you know, even so even in college, like I was working the entire time. I didn't have a car. Huntsville is not a walkable place whatsoever. You know, I'm like the last, my last year I had two jobs. I was walking at midnight <laughs> from campus to my apartment place right. that I, like I think I had a townhouse at the time uh, with somebody, some people but I was walking for midnight you know after being gone 12 hours out of the day you know full class schedule just grinding right. and I'm like I don't know how I'm doing this um which that did bring on another um even just throughout that trying to work through the feels and dealing with the stress and knowing that I'm depressed and then not knowing who to talk to and then you know my grandma passed away during college too, and that was a weird I felt conflicting feelings like how do you feel it it feels bad to say like okay right you know I, know I mean saying. you you care but you're like right. all right cool you know there mm -hmm. was not much um well there was like stability in the sense that there's a roof but um more in heartache than anything so yeah. anyway so it's odd trying to deal with those kind of feelings um and then if you want to lump in the my cult time <laughs> yeah we got we got to talk about the <laughs> i was cult gonna say time. i know you want to know about the, cult time. about the cult time so well so they caught me um so now is this college in, all right yeah so this is, is this an actual cult i so let's not be awful it is not an actual cult, but it is, they got a lot of cult, uh, what do you call the words? Tendencies? Yes. Okay. Very, they hit the marker on a lot of the things. You know, those videos are like, how do you know you're doing to cult? They're like, at least got seven, out, yeah, at least got seven out of 10 of those. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool. Good to know. So, so how did it, this is the, if you use the name, I think we can bleep it out. Okay, you might want to like bleep that. it out because I don't know, but it's yeah. called Chi Alpha. Okay. Um, so they are everywhere. Can we get in trouble for them? Oh, good. Not legally. Right. There we go. I was like, I'll, right. I'll share my story in that, but it's not slander. Okay. There we All go. Right. Well, we'll we see. Go. All right. Um. So they are under the Assemblies of God, um, church, and which is backed, which is so Pentecostal Assemblies of God, and they have all the branches, and then that is a college ministry. That's I mean, they're pretty much they're in a lot of campuses all over the country, even actually the world because i know they do a lot of stuff everywhere anyway um so start of how this happened um so context you know i just graduated high school i'm you know been abused suicidal all the things confused you know there we go perfect candidate i'm lonely i don't really have any friends 
Um, and then you have these people roll up and like, hey, come to a party with us. I'm like, oh my gosh, a college party. I love it. Like, let, you know, right, let's go. Right, right. So we roll up and it's like, a, <laughs> which is nothing wrong with like a, you know, wholesome Christian party. But it was not presented as the party they said it would be. Yeah. So here's so sketch number in. one. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm fascinated. So right it's great. So there's that. And then they just, I mean, essentially start love bombing you and then, you know, just building you up. And they're like, hey, coming out here. We do this on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And I'm like, cool. I don't really have much going on. Um, you know, I had some other friends that I was doing the normal college thing with and had some falling out with some old high school friends um, that was upset about me doing the college thing, like going to parties and stuff like that. Mm. Um, anyway, so I was like, maybe this is a good transition, you know? And then, of course, you go into services and, you know, the preaching redemption and saving and everything that I need to hear of, like, somebody loves you. It's God, you know, all that good stuff. I'm like, wow, here I am. So I'm I'm hooked, right? So I don't know that there's anything sketchy until, like, we... So in the beginning of the year, what they do and what they did to me, um, they come a little bit early for a freshman move-in day and basically they prey on the people like oh they probably don't have friends or yeah. they may not say it that way but scared, they're scared from just leaving home yeah so place. it's like let's let's help the freshmen out so it's not just like a hey here's where stuff is on campus it's like come be our friend so mm -hmm. um i remember you know i can't remember which year this was but like there was like some prayers like you know let's get these freshmen in and show them the love of God and all this good stuff. And then I started seeing like how, like the tactics. So like I said, we do the freshman move in deal um, and kind of like hound people like, hey, come to this party and come hang out with us. And then they're there and it's like, you do the same love bombing. And then, so you start doing that more and you're like, that's kind of weird. Like, I don't want to force anybody to do, that's not how it should be. They should want to come be my friend regardless. Yeah, you're using a tactic to suck them in. Yeah, so it's like, you can be my small group and we're going to do all the things together. Um, and so I remember, so this is where stuff gets weird where it's like, I remember we had a girl or a couple girls that, you know, they were doing their college thing and as a like active practicing Christian in that sense, you know, you don't drink, you don't have sex before marriage, all that stuff you were, you know, um, so they were like going to the bars and stuff like that, the two bars that exist in Huntsville. Um, and I, I remember my small group leader was like, we need to pray that they have such a bad time that they want to come back to small group and church the next day. And I was like, okay, I, I, I mean, I guess that's how it works, right? Like you can, you know, the content, you can ask God for anything. So mm -hmm. essentially you can guide someone back into the fold, if you will. So I, that kind of stuff started happening. And then um, there was like, and, and just the setting in general of like what a service looks like. So if you're not, what's your background was like? Church? Yeah. Um, I think I was baptized Presbyterian and then okay. I was in uh, Catholic school for a little bit growing okay. up. So this would be like day and night for you. So Pentecostals, I don't know if you know anything about them, but they, this the hoop and hollering, there's tongues, there's speaking oh, okay. tongues, like they get in there, you know, people are like real, falling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Like you're okay. like eating off the stage, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So anyway, so that's whenever, just. Whenever, any, whenever anybody brings up uh, speaking in tongues, all <laughs> I can think of is Borat. That <laughs> scene from Borat. Oh, no. I, I remember, hold on real quick. I remember the first time, I didn't know anything about it. I was probably in seventh grade and I spent the night over my buddy's house. He was from another town. It was uh -huh. like. 30 minutes away 
And so I like ended up spending the whole weekend there. He's like, hey man, you can go to church with me and my family tomorrow. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, I've only ever been used to like- You were- Very, you know, formulated church yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And I went up in there and they started speaking tongues and I just was like- You were freaked out, right? What is like, happening what is right this? now? Yeah. Is this normal? Why is everybody Are they okay? This? Like yeah. what's happening? Yeah. And I just remember asking questions like, do you understand what he's saying right now? <laughs> Does he know what he's yeah. saying? Yeah. And he started trying to explain it like, oh, we interpret and all that. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. So- Anyways, please go. Which there's- and we, uh, Just your mic for quick. I don't know if it's dropped. Oh, yeah. So, just a... <laughs> I still got you. I just, it was- is it gonna be muffled? No, no, no. That's amazing. And awesome. Uh, yeah. So there's the context of like a service. So you're just doing all, and you know, they play the music. I actually watched a doc the other day. I can't remember, but you know, the worship music is built to bring you the highs and lows of the emotion. So you're crying the whole time, and then you have somebody like rubbing your back and consoling you. It's like, hey, do you want to go pray? You know. So, so this you were is all orchestrated. Like, a thousand percent. And I don't and. I think the scarier thing is I think most people don't know, which I guess that's how you end up there. Like, this is what's perpetuated, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so that was that. So how I got out of that, um, there was, I mean, there were a few things that were always a little bit, now nah, I don't want to get in trouble because this is. Did it have a very charismatic end. leader? Yeah, we had an amazing charismatic leader that we always complimented his beard. Like he had this red beard, uh, mm. like we loved him. And then we had another one that was the worship leader. Um, and then we all had our like group leaders. Um, and same thing, you know, it it was odd though. And I think when I started like asking questions and when it, when it became the same thing as like, it was like the popularity group. And then like also everybody was white. And I was like, okay, this is not adding up to what we're allegedly supposed to be doing, which is preaching the gospel to everybody. Cause I'm like, there's two of me um that's weird i you know which it's a whole other thing but um and then you know there's like the popular people and like this is not how this is supposed to go anyway so how i got out um which this is really where it clicked it was like oh i was i was not where i needed to be i so that semester i mentioned where i had two jobs mm -hmm. and i had a full class load i was walking everywhere i was like i can't lead a small group because i'd worked up the ranks to be uh, I had a small group and so I basically was like Bible study um, right. weekly so, so you were a high-ranking member of the I, cult. not quite I was almost there I don't look trajectory was wild because here was my intention and this is why I was hoping they would understand I was like okay I'm gonna finish the semester I'm gonna go into the mission like I'm here for it. I'm going on my mission like I'm gonna raise my money get the things going and that's fine um and I told them, I was like, hey, I can't lead a small group this semester. Like, I just don't have the capacity. My own relationship is struggling. Um, so, no. And then essentially I was told, it's like, well, I, I, after some back and forth, it kind of got down to like, well, this is not important enough to you. Like, neither is Jesus. And I was like, well. <laughs> so they were telling guess, God, God was going to turn yeah, it back on you. I was like, oh, I was like. I mean, I feel like we've discussed, you know, boundaries and like if there's anybody that wants me to be healthy and okay, it's probably Jesus, but right. I guess not. So that's when I kind of dissipated there. I mean, I still kept in touch because I was asking questions about, um, so in order to be like a full-time minister, and this is where it gets weird too, you basically work off of support and that's literally just people giving you money. Mm -hmm. um, so you build your network of people that are funding 
your house, your car, food. Yeah. That's your job. Right. And that was odd. Also, you can't have any college debt. And I'm like, okay, so we're really dropping the margin here of how many people could even do this. Yeah. Because it's so that kind of stuff when you get like the orchestrated behind the scenes. I'm like, oh, this is not great. So, um, which fast forward to present day. I don't know if I could talk about this, but I mean, I posted an article. You can talk about whatever you want. Perfect. So there was, I had a friend send me an article, actually uh, one of my really good friends that I met after Life After mm-hmm. um, the group. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she was like, bro, look at this. And because she knew how much like unindoctrinated, like I had to just dewire my brain of just to live and be normal because like I couldn't drink like I couldn't like talk to people if I wanted to date somebody I had to court them and we couldn't be together for more than an hour you know just like stuff like that or anyway so she sent me this article and um long story short I like a high not really a member but somebody who was a pastor kind of within the realm in general Mm -hmm. um had been sexually assaulting people for years decades Mm -hmm. and they knowingly um put people in his presence um yeah and these are the people that we you know trusted and our charismatic leaders they knew that he had some um allegations or or actual convictions in other states and just let it you know because you know god redeems and forgives which i get but what you know so and it was still going on and he just recently you know got in trouble so there's that and there's a couple other people that were in the um that as well from like the same group you know and i've actually even been to this person's house (laughs) in my group so uh i was like oh okay thank god God you got out when he did yeah i don't think i was his type so uh sorry (laughs) you can edit that one out anyway uh, (laughs) i'll be keeping that for sure (laughs) um yeah so that was my cult days which my group days um which I had some, just that whole series of things really messed me up. So even during that, you know, I was, I think a part, another thing that really made me question everything um, is I was supposed to be so whole and fulfilled, you know, with this relationship with God and all this good stuff. And I was, my depression was probably the worst it had been. And, mm-hmm. um, and not a lot of people know this. I just kind of like vaguely scrape over it sometimes in, when I talk to people. Um, and... I don't know. I'm not embarrassed, but it's just, you know, so I, this was like right after my grandma passed, but, um, I was in my dorm and I had a roommate. She was never home. She was great, but she was never home. So I was always alone. And, um, I like wasn't good. Um, so there was some self-harm that came into play with the intention of, I want to die. Um, so, and and I think, I mean, I probably didn't tell anybody because I didn't want, I, I didn't want to get like 72 hour hold, which I probably needed. Um, all the things that come with trying to, you know, um, hurt yourself and I'll just say kill yourself, you know? Um, so I carried that for the rest of my years. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't tell anybody until it got close to where I was like, I'm, I'm over this. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are people that I were friends with from the group. And I was like, hey, 
I'm not good. I really want to kill myself. And I so I'm going to move to Dallas. Um, we got a friend. I got to go. Um, and then the con- the relationship, I don't know if I didn't say it clear enough or like, I don't know what I was supposed to do. But I remember somebody was like, oh, well, what about my baby? Like, I'm about to have my baby. We need you here for this. And like, I don't know if they just didn't know what to say or like what that was. But it's like, you got to leave the group. You can't move. And I was like, I think you're missing a bigger part of this. But I'm not about to fight you to say, you know, like, I'm like, all right. I can't, you know. You're screaming for help and they're not hearing you. No, so I don't even, the, <laughs> I, I laugh in the sense uh, I think about what, like, I guess saved me. There's a couple of things of, you know, I'm just like, man, we don't give up, you know. Um, and then also I was thinking about my dog because <laughs> I had Penny around at the time. Oh, and I was God. like, I was like, well, who's going to take care of this monster? And she was super uh, wild at that point and, um which always, maybe that's why I don't share because I'm like, this is what saved me. But I mean, I was like, I got to take care of my dog. And like, and I'm like, I, there was just something. I was like, nope, not yet. You got some time. Like, if you can like stick it out, it will be. Okay. Uh, anyway, so. <laughs> so what, so what would you say? Like, you know, obviously just everything you said, and I'm sure there's a ton more, yeah. you know, rabbit holes everywhere. But what would you say was like your moment of like redemption where you just kind of took a look in the mirror, took a look around you and you're like, you know, keeping your journey in your mind. You're like, I made it like I'm back. Probably not until um, like I started working out, honestly. Um, I, I don't I won't say like it. That was I mean, that's a part of the saving. Um, I. I was like, okay, you know, I was coasting and things were starting to look up, moving around, you know, got a job, all that good stuff, but it was still just, you know, whatever. Um, but I think once I got in the gym, there was something that like, they, I knew I was strong, but getting to actually see like, oh, you are actually strong too. Like this physical, like you can pick up something that's heavier than you and you can pick up something heavier that this guy can't pick up. Like right. that boosted my ego like exponentially and um low like it put in perspective like I can take care of myself you know like there are things um like I can just do whatever I want to and that kind of trickled into I was like here we go let's get the ball rolling so that was a big and and just to give a little context when I had originally met Shaylin she was getting ready for her first first bodybuilding show right or second, I think, yeah. That was, was my second, second? that time, yeah. And so you were. I was in it. You were in it. You were in it. <laughs> Six meals a day. Yeah. Cardio, gym. Yeah. You you wear so you wear so many hats. I was gonna bring it up in the intro, but just oh gosh, yeah, it's hard. Trainer, to keep nutritionist, up. you name it. You yoga. do it. You you do it all. Yoga. Yeah. I don't even know them all. There's yeah, so many. it's fine. I me either. I I have to keep up. I'm like, oh, I just do all the things, but right. that's a part of it. Coach. Yeah, that's a part of it. Um. You know, I've only seen, I've only ever known like the, the physically fit and healthy, yeah. healthy Shaylin. And so the, you know, the more I got to know you and the more I heard your, your backstory, it's, it's funny. Like we come from different worlds, you know, we have, you know, obviously you don't have the, the addict gene or anything, but it's, it's crazy how many, uh, you don't, <laughs> but it's, it's crazy how much, you know, similarities and stuff like that yeah. people from two different worlds can, can have and stuff like that. Yeah. One in, one in the same, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. 
So somebody out there listening to this today, they hear your story and it's hitting home with them. They identify with it. Well, and they're struggling with themselves, mental health, all that stuff. What would your advice to them be? Um, no, this is a big one, but I think that even if you don't believe it, and I feel like we do this thing, fake it till you make it, like that's not real. Feel what you need to feel, let it ride, and just know that if you keep going, it can, it can get better. Um, and that it's going to take some work, um, especially if there's no support. Um, you, you, you might be the support, but that is plenty. Mm. Um, that's, I'm big on just self-sufficiency. Um, self-love is like, goes so much farther than, you know, obviously it's ideal to have, you know, mom, dad, whatever, but no, you got this, but you have to want it and you you do have to work for it. Um, it, it is hard to be healthy and whole and mentally, like it's work, right. um, but it's definitely worth it for sure. Right. And I know me and, you, me and you spoke before, you know, when we were talking about you coming on and stuff like that. And from, from how you described it, this was kind of like a, a big step for you to not only get vulnerable in front of somebody else, but you know, hopefully a mass group of people and stuff like that. Like, I don't know about you, I can't speak for you, but for me, it, it, it's become very therapeutic. Um, I don't know, I always, I always reference the, I always reference the eight mile scene. Yeah. When Eminem goes up there to battle the last guy and, and he goes and throws out everything that you're gonna use against him as ammunition and then what can the, what can they say after that? Yeah, and absolutely. like, once all my stuff was out there, it's like, what are you yeah. gonna come out with me now? Yeah. Like, I've owned it all and, and proud it's made me who I am today. So yeah, I, th I think you definitely identify with that and get that too. Yeah, yeah. You've encouraged me. I got some, um, I'm working on getting some little talking to the kids and like, you are? yeah, I got some. I've encouraged you? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. what I got to So, but I have a, um, now that we're in a different, like a different area and, and got some places to go to. So I'm working on some things, trying to, you know, be Sean Jr., but not. <laughs> be better than Sean. <laughs> Who would you say, who are your daily inspirations? Where do you draw inspiration from? Do you got people online you follow? Do you got people in entertainment, people you know personally? Where do you find inspiration at? Um, there is a couple people. One of them, and I sincerely apologize, I failed to mention through, I, I had a, a little chunk of support throughout all the crazy by my uncle. He's like my big brother. Um, he was like the only person I was ever like, do your thing, whatever you want, go to school, do backflips. Like, I got you, like, just go. Like, you are worth it and, you know, um, he was amazing. Um, and What's his name? Brian. Shout out Uncle Brian. We love him. Unky right. Brian, that's what I call him. Unky Brian, I like <laughs> I'm not allowed to call him Uncle Brian. Okay. And I'm still boo-boo, so. Gotcha. That's my name. Um, I'm, and, I'm still boo-boo on my household, yeah, so I get it. Yeah, you just, it just, the, even Thanks. the kids call me boo-boo, so. Right. Um, and then um, I don't want to be super cheesy and like say any names, but I'll just um, you. Okay. You have a friend that I admire dearly. Um, we've related a. Um, it's been cool to hear his story and know like this is what the other side looks at. So um, especially with recent things upcoming, I was like, man, that's fire. If you can <laughs> be okay 
I guess I'm good to go. So we're not talking about Lance, are we? No. You gotta cut that out. We can't put this in there. Sick. Don't blow his head up. That boy's ego is wild. I know. You gotta. You gotta. I'm usually the taming of that, so I want to. Yeah. Thank God. I've never been able to figure out how. You just gotta kind of beat him down a little bit. Right. You just gotta level with him. (laughs) Well, beat him down with love and say, you know what, you ain't it. Just kidding. But yeah, um, definitely drawing daily inspiration from that. So it's nice to have that constant. Good. So this is this is a fun question for you. This is a fun question for me. It's one of my favorite questions to ask. Okay. So let's say tonight. Uh oh. You're you're about to walk out for the the world title in the UFC. What's your walkout song? Oh my gosh, I talk about this all the time. It teeters. Okay. I'm probably gonna go with my one of my favorite songs. It's probably gonna be Nas. The world is yours. Let's go. Yeah, I feel like that's great. Great one. Or if I want to get like in it, I mean, secondary would be um, Illmatic, but just something else. I remember, I can distinctly remember being probably fourth or fifth grade, and my mom had taken all my CDs because they were all parental advisory, and it's, oh, it's yeah. all wrapped. When it got, yeah. <laughs> and I remember sitting there, like, literally like an infomercial, and if I rolled the world video, had just come out. Yeah. And so I was trying to, like, this kid, trying to break it down to my stepdad about why it's not <laughs> negative and why I should be able to listen let me, to this Let me music. put you on game. Let me yeah, tell you what's up. <laughs> right. But yeah, that, that's that's, funny. that song has a special yeah special place in my heart. I love that. Yeah. Michael, he, I mean, everything Nas, that's, I mean, it's his fault. So, but Un- it's not a bad. Hunky Bry? Oh, let's go. Oh, Hunky yeah. Bry, you're number one in yeah. my book. I was going to say, y'all would definitely enjoy the music combo. He's, let's go. Yeah. Extensive collection, knowledge, all the things. I need to meet him. Yeah, we I need him. to make this happen. Oh yeah, where's he at? California. Okay, but we he'll be around. Let's so. get him back to. T- let's get him in the Texas. I'm trying. It's not gonna happen, but we'll try. But they visit, so for right. sure. Is there any part of your story that you we haven't touched upon that you feel is powerful and people need to hear, or that you want to talk about? I feel like you and I could go on for hours and hours. Yeah, no, I know. So you got to narrow it down. No, I mean, that's the biggest. I mean, that's really the. Oh, yeah. Just like uh, before you kind of asked her about her redemption, um, you know, you're like, you know, those thoughts, you know, take me a lot. But after that, maybe ramp up from right after that when, when nobody was hearing your call for help. What was that like getting right right after that? How did you get away from how did she get away from that and then get to, you know, the workout part of it? If you did Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Sean? Yeah. So just like right after that part. I feel like there was a little bit of that you might have missed in the story. Do you want me to lead her in on Yeah, you can't. So you're you know, you're dealing with obviously depression and a ton of other, you know, mental health stuff like that. And, you know, it's led you to where you feel there's no other option. You know, you talk about harming yourself or wanting to take your life. So how did you find your way out of that? And like, what led you where you to where you needed to be? Um, I feel like it was a all a blur, honestly. Um, I changed my surroundings. So the place that I was living at, um, I didn't really have contact with my roommates. Um, maybe a blast this. One of them was a little bit different. Um, so I didn't really talk to her. And then the other one was fine. But I didn't really have any um, 
contact there. So I moved in with a and different. These are the ones that weren't there when you needed the help, right? Yeah. And I don't really know that this was like more the my roommates were just really more like a financial like, hey, they needed a roommate. And so that makes sense. So we weren't really like friends per se. There was one of them I was like definitely more acquainted with. Mm-hmm. Um, but my friends actually live like around the corner down the street. So they were so I was there with them a lot. Um, but I moved in with someone else. Um, I was actually a girl that was in the small group kind of deal. Um, she had a place and um, I asked her if I could like move in because my lease was about to end. And I was like, well, what do I do? Um, so she allowed me to stay there. So I think having like an actual friend was one place. Um, she also had the sister dog to my dog. So it was just a nice little like lull of, okay, everything's not super crazy. I have a stable job. I'm chilling right now. Um, and then I guess the rest of it was kind of a blur. Um, I did end up, I don't know, like the, it's hard to put a finger on exactly what, I don't know if I was like super distracted or um, I was able to just kind of keep going. Cause the time frame from that, um, I mean, I was, like I said, I was okay. I had uh, moved to Austin, um, I was working as a dispatcher for the city, um, which that put a huge, you know, knock on my, it was knocking down the work that I was doing um, with like, just trying to build solid connections with friends. Um, I was in a relationship at the time. So that also had a factor of, you know, just taking me out of that context. Um, And then um, meeting my other friends too. So I think it's just literally changing the people that I was around um, and just kept walking. And then once I moved to Austin, like I said, I was working for the city as a dispatcher. That was a lot. And I said, okay, we can't do this anymore. Um, so that kind of prompted to me to start doing something outside of that. Because um, even like my first, my so I'll tell a little quick story, but my first um, week, so I was training for that in the city for dispatching. There's three months of on-the-job training, and then you get cut loose, um, or classroom training, and then on-the-job training. My first week cut loose, I um, had a shooting on my radio. Okay, went fine. Then the like third week, so a week later, mm. I had someone actually get injured on my radio. So that just wrecked me. Because um, at the time, like all my friends back home or people that I met, they were involved in um, LEO. Like my sneaky other at the time, same thing. So I was like, this is not good. So I need to like, I need another outlet because I feel that, you know, Things are starting to teeter again, and um, I that's when I was diagnosed with like insomnia. Um, I was not good, so that was probably like the kicker of like, okay, we need to switch it up. Also, the fact that I was 24 and I was tired going up stairs, and that should not be the case. So, right. um, yeah, I just started moving. I just switched it up. I think that was probably the biggest. I've never really actually thought about it because I think I'm just so used to. Once I get in my head of like, we're going to go, mm-hmm. let's do it. Keep right. going. I was like, this is it. And I definitely take that with me now. I'm like. And so was that need to switch it up originally what led you into getting into the gym and kind of finding that yeah, outlet? Absolutely. Because um, the biggest thing outside of just like, oh, I've never considered my health before. So that would probably be helpful because that was really the biggest thing of like, I want to learn to actually take care of myself because mm-hmm. I think, you know, with having friends and people there to support you you can get not necessarily distracted but you know that's not the 
you know, it's again, that outside level feed inward. But if you're not doing anything in here or just even to take care of yourself, then what are you doing? So I kind of had a like a click of like, all right, you are feeling better. You want to take care of yourself. Let's start here because this is a part of it. So, uh, yeah. I hope I answered your question. No, I definitely did. Okay. <laughs> and, and and the one thing, you know, the constant theme of of most people I have on and stuff like that is it's like we try this way, we try that way, and and you end up coming to you have to address mind, body, spirit. Yeah. And once you address those three, it's like life falls in line. Absolutely. And so it's like all the people that I work with, that's what I'm trying to preach. Yeah. And then you have these huge companies that are, no, that's nothing. Take this pill, do this, yeah, take which, this medicine. That's a, we don't have time for that one, but yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, I get there. <laughs> I, I got a little, uh, one, one last thing, uh, I wanted to do with you. So I'm going to throw out some terms. Oh no. Right. And I just want you to, my hands the, are sweating. I just want you to know it's nothing to be worried about. <laughs> it's fun. Just give me the first word that comes to mind. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Mm, yeah. Okay. Sure? It's fine. It's fine. All right. Do it. Fitness. Me. <laughs> Me. All right, that's good. God. Oh, <laughs> that's what. Okay. That's not a word. It's like. All right. Sketchy. There we go. Cardio. Terrible. <laughs> Prep. Oh. Scary. Scary. Yeah. For those that don't know what she knows what I mean with prep, but it's bodybuilding prep for when you're getting ready to do your your bodybuilding show. If you don't know anything about it, look it up. It looks uh, looks scary. wild. <laughs> this is my favorite one. Uh-uh. Ben Affleck. Ew. <sighs> Absolutely atrocious. One of the greatest actors. No, man. You were. That's no. So good. Can't. Best Batman. I ever. need you to leave. Unacceptable. <laughs> All right, family. You. Aw. Aw, you made me cry. Aww. United States of America. <laughs> you trying to get me canceled? I'm just kidding. Um, home. There you go. <laughs> that was a safe way to play it. I like it. Social media. Uh, business. Women. <laughs> you trying to get me canceled? <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I was going to say hot. I don't know. All right. We'll take it. Last one. So Last one. That. Chauncey. Oh, my friend. And my other friend. You and Lance. We're both Chauncey? Yeah. Depending on who's driving the car or doing oh, whatever we need. Okay. Yeah. Chauncey I, is like the, it's really just kind of more like butler. So I'm the butler? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I put that down there and I didn't remember where it originated from. I want to say, oh, you were driving us somewhere or something that's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, or Chauncey. Uh huh. It's Um. So, what are you working on nowadays? What do you got going on? Ooh. So, um, I'm about to a couple things. I'm about to start training for a marathon. Okay. In January. Did so. you just say cardio? I that doesn't mean it's great. So you're like, doing a full marathon? Yeah. I'm just gonna, you know, like I said, I'm in it to do all the things because I I can and I have that confidence in myself we're just gonna get it done so training for that um and then uh, i'm still doing some online coaching but i'm about to start working on um building my like branding up so i'll be hopefully launching my youtube channel soon and getting back on socials um yeah and spreading wellness to the world because we need people to be healthy and live their best lives we need it 
When you say coaching, will you elaborate a little bit more? Oh, What's yeah. your coaching so, entail? Um, I do lifestyle coaching. I still I coach a couple of bodybuilding clients um, still, but just really health, wellness, um, nutrition, anything under the sun there. So broadening the spectrum to of like um, I can offer like meditation or, you know, mindfulness work, everything from there. If you want some yoga in that too, just kind of building a program wellness related of whatever people need. So right. yeah, specific to them. Right. And I think that's very powerful. Like what you do for, what you do for a living, you know, what I do, like if I'm, if I'm going to go to anybody for seeking help on, on something, I want it to be from somebody who I know has been through the shit yeah, and absolutely. come out on the other side and their life's better and I want to find out how they did it. And so I think when selecting a coach or anything like that, that's, that's yeah. those are the things I want to, those are my criteria. A thousand percent, yeah. Um, so if somebody's listening to this and they want to get all of you and ask you about coaching or just share their experience or something with you, how would they do that? Um, probably email. So my email address is shaylin.fitnesscoaching, super creative, um, at gmail.com. S-H-A-Y-L-I-N. Yeah, S-H-A-Y-L-I-N dot fitnesscoaching. Um, and then I literally just, like maybe yesterday or hours ago, um, <laughs> got an Instagram again Back on the yeah social. so that'll be popping off uh soon so that's I believe my username is Shaylin underscore co okay I'll try to see if we can put the links in there for yeah. you I'll make sure I actually have a picture I'm not like a sketchy uh <laughs> spam account looking right. so like a literacy so. so one thing we like to do at the end of every podcast okay. is I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and look into your camera right and so the the podcast is called I am redemption Right. And that's not me speaking about myself. That's anybody who has a powerful story and has found their redemption in it. And so if you would, just a couple words, uh, a couple I am statements of who you are. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, I am strong. I am qualified and I am worthy. Well, Shaylin, I cannot thank you enough for coming on today, for being so vulnerable and open about your story. I know it's going to help many, many people. I thank you. I love you from the bottom of my heart. For you? Of course. You? Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you.